It's awesome to see each one here today. If you're a visitor, you're only a visitor one time. And from that moment on, you're just part of this family. And uh, if you live in this community and you don't have a church home, well, I have a special announcement for you. This church needs you. And we have a lot of fun. We enjoy serving the Lord. I believe it's one of the greatest lives that you can live. I'm glad that uh, when Jesus freed me from the yoke of bondage, it didn't make me perfect. He just picked me up from where I was, and he picked me up from the wrong road and put me on the right road. And then he loves me every day, and he's there to encourage me, and he's there to strengthen me. And uh, it's just an awesome way to live. And there's no other way to live in victory other than just uh, turning your heart over to Jesus and allowing him to do what he wants to do. And it's not about religion this morning, is it? It's not about religion, is it? Oh, come on. It's not about religion, is it? No. It's about a relationship with somebody that loved us enough to die on the cross for our sins. And I'd like to say to those that are listening by way of Internet this morning, uh, we're delighted that you're uh, listening. We're delighted that you're interested in what this church represents. And we also offer uh, uh, the opportunity to give to this church on on. Line. So if you're listening this morning and you'd like to make your contribution to Elm Grove, that is made possible. We have a lot of, we have a lot of guys that uh, are really good at the uh, day that we're living in with Internet. And uh, it almost came into my life a little late, but I'm glad that I have grandkids that can just make me look like I know nothing. <laughs> they can close their eyes and make my uh, computer work. But, you know, we're growing, aren't we? Well, yes, we are. Yes, we are. I was encouraged one day when uh, uh, an opportunity opened, and, uh, and there's certain things that motivate us in, in life to uh, move to a new season. And God wants you to know that you may be going through a season that uh, you don't enjoy. There may be some things going on in your life that uh, is heartbreaking. There may be some times in your life that you're going through today that just, you just don't have an answer for well, let me say this. God is in the business of restoring our lives. And he can take nothing. When he picked me up, I was nothing. And when he put his spirit in, in my life, I became a child of God. I became somebody, not because of what I had done, but because of what he done. And if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for anybody. As I was, as I was looking and preparing for the message, by the way, we went out on an eating uh, engagement last night we we by the way if I forget to do this on uh, my uh, wedding anniversary uh, last night was a celebration for next June the 19th <laughs> I, I like to kind of stay ahead of the calendar at my age but uh, it was an awesome time we had a great time and uh, and uh, <clears throat> always always things happen that we're never uh, expecting to happen have you ever had the unexpected to happen at an inconvenient time? Well, yeah, most of you know it was pretty warm last night, and uh, we pulled up, we followed the vans to uh, a little place called Burlington, and as we pulled out of the uh, driveway, my air conditioner quit. And I just had a, a new system put on uh, late last fall, and uh, I thought, you know, this can't be happening, but it did. And so uh, Sherry and I... Uh, Sherry was trying to hold her makeup uh, on her face. It was starting to sag, and she was, she was doing this, and she looked over at me, and she said, uh, there's sweat drip dropping off <laughs> the side of your face. 
and I just act like I didn't hear it, you know. I just act like it was really comfortable, and I put my hands up where the air was blowing. I thought, well, I, I told her, I said, it's cooling a little bit, and I was stretching my imagination, but uh, anyhow, we got there. We made it. It didn't change the, the diet one bit. I was hungry. The food was awesome, and then when we got ready to come home, uh, one of our precious couples uh, asked for the key to my pickup, and uh, they honored us by letting us ride home in an air-conditioned van. You know what? Uh, it's called ministry. I didn't deserve it. Uh, um, he, this friend didn't bring it on. He just saw that my need, and he did something about it. And I'm going to say this. The door is open for all of us in our community today. There are needs that surround every one of us. And all the way home, I was just thinking, Lord, you're, you're so awesome. You always put great people in our life you are, that love us, that lend a helping hand. And, uh, and so many times as, as human individuals, you know, we, uh, if we're not very careful, the enemy will get us to comparing ourselves with other people. And, and he'll point out th people that can do things that I can't do. And, uh, and especially with computers, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, when that computer is stubborn, I don't, know, I, don't know, I don't know what to do except just pick up the phone and call one of the grandkids. And uh, it always happens usually when I'm working on, on a message. But uh, anyhow, we, we live in seasons where we don't always have the answer. We live in seasons that are changing day by day. And uh, what brought this message uh, that we're going to receive from the Lord to me this week is a few months ago, uh, I was listening to the, Dr. David Jeremiah, on, and he was ministering uh, a series on, Is This the End? We went to Sunday school class this morning, and we, uh, we studied end-time prophecy, not knowing uh, that the message would fit right in with the Sunday school class. And, uh, and, and as the Lord was ministering to me uh, this week, he, he drew me to a, a scripture found in Ecclesiastes that talks about a season for everything. And we're living in times when seasons change. Things are happening around us we have no control over. We go through things that we have no control over. We go through seasons of dry times spiritually. You know, there's times when we pray and we, and it just seems like the windows of heaven open and we are, the floodgates flood our lives. And then there's times when we pray and we pray and we don't feel anything. And uh, it just seems like our, our lives are really on the, on the dry side. But let me encourage you this morning. Growing spiritually cannot hinge on our feelings. Growing spiritually and realizing that the season is changing is based on the Word of God. And... Uh, even as I watch television, you know, there's not a whole lot that really draws anybody as young as I am to television today. I've even lost uh, a lot of faith in the news. And, uh, you know, the weatherman is the only one that cannot tell the truth and still get a paycheck. <laughs> but uh, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, talking about changes and, uh, and where we're at today in our walk with the Lord, uh, Anybody here besides me old enough to remember the Beverly Hillbillies? I tell you, that was one of my favorite. That was one of my favorite uh, shows on on television. You know, oh, Jed Clampett. I mean, nobody could do it better than Jed. And Ellie May, she was about the prettiest thing he'd ever walked. And and oh, Jethro, he had his place in this movie. And I, I tell you what, I I could if they just put. The Beverly Hillbillies back on television. I just feel right at home every night. I'd, I'd just like to watch the uh, replay of, of what they had to offer. 
it was a fun show to watch and 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 what it was all about it was about rich folks trying to get used, used to being rich and, and you know I, it was so funny because it was real and they did an awesome job of acting it out and these folks didn't know how to act when they discovered that they were rich so here's a question that I'm going to ask you this morning did Jed Clampett one day, uh, it, when he hit black gold, he hit oil, uh, did he uh, become rich that, at that moment, or was he rich before he found black gold? Before. 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 Just because he hadn't found it, no sign that he wasn't rich. And uh, uh, how long had Jed Clampett been a millionaire? Did he come, become a uh, a billionaire the day that uh, he discovered that oil? No, he had been a billionaire long before the evidence came into fact. And you know what? Let me say this today. Whether you realize it or not, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're, you're richer than a billionaire. The Bible says our, cat, our Father owns cattle on a thousand hills. And sometimes we just have to stop and reprogram ourselves. Our riches is not based on our bank account or the house that we live in or how many acres that we're in control of today. But our, our riches is based on, on our belief in the Bible, our trust in Jesus. And we begin to read, read uh, how uh, that God has prepared the things for us that because we love him and the things he has in store for us. So I want everybody to say this with me before we get into the message, a season of time for everything. I want everybody to say this. I'm a rich individual. Let me say this. I want you to say this again. I'm a real rich individual. I mean, let me ask you this question. How many are having trouble acting like it? Okay. Uh, silence gives consent. Every time you feel like you're struggling to accept what God has to say about you, you know, the Bible says we are the head and not the tail, we're the above and not the beneath. Philippians 4.13 says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So the next time you're struggling with your identity, realize uh, even the Beverly Hillbillies had this same challenge. And so challenges aren't our enemies. They're just a time when we're adjusting, we're growing, and, uh, and we're trying to do everything we can to accept the season that we're living in and allowing God to be what he wants to be in our life. If you have your Bible or your telephone or if you want to look at the overhead this morning, we're drawing our scripture setting today from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And I'm going to only read one verse, but uh, I have used this many times in different faces, different uh, services. But I, I just want to focus this morning for the next few moments on the first verse of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. To everything, I want everybody to say everything. Everything. To everything there is a season. I want you to say that with me again. Everything. To everything there's a season. You may be going through a season uh, and you're being challenged financially or maybe you're going through a time in your life and you're struggling spiritually and the enemy's telling you you're not born again and yet you know you've confessed Jesus as Lord, you've invited him into your life, you've asked him to take away the sins, but today there's just something on your shoulder that's gnawing at you said you're not a Christian, if you were a Christian you wouldn't do this or that. Let me say this, I don't care who you are, how old you may be, all of our lives is under construction this morning. Nobody has arrived. 
So if you've taken the first step, you've did what Romans 10, 9 says, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you're saved. You're saved. You're on your road to heaven. So don't let what people say or anybody else uh, deter, deter you uh, or change your season or cause you to be filled with anxiety or frustration. The Bible says if you have did that, you're saved. You're in a good season. No matter what's attacking the season, you're in a good season. And as we put our trust in the Lord, it says to everything there's a season, a time for every purpose under the sun. And then it goes on through the next eight verses of the things that you and I face in life, a time to be born, a time to die. It goes through all the facets of our life, and it's referring to different seasons that we are facing in life. But no matter what season you may be in this morning, I need to tell you, there, was all, there, all, there will always be a rodent. Every, anybody knows, knows what a rodent is? Raise your hand. What is a, okay, Linda, what is a rodent? A roach or a bug? All right. Have you ever seen any big bugs called rats or m big mice? Well, if you want to see Sherry get excited enough to go to heaven, just pop a something in front of her that looks like a rat or a mouse. And if you're alive after she focuses on it, you may be closer to heaven than you've ever been. We have no rodents in our house. She is terrified by rodents. Now, I, I am so glad that I can boast that I'm not afraid of a rat or mice. I, I'll just tell you, I just live in victory because rodents don't bother me at all. But please don't show me a snake. My heart quits beating and my blood pressure goes up. But, you know, uh, all through our journey of life, I want to say this to you this morning, and I want you to remember this. All through life, we're going to have a, a rodent, and he's the devil. And he's going to do everything that he can to gnaw into your life. He's going to gnaw into your life with discouragement. He's going to gnaw into your life if you make a mistake. He's going to try to defeat you while you're in that season. If you're going through a, an area physically and, uh, and you're under doctor's care, he's going to tell you that, that you're going downhill every day, that your days are numbered. Well, the Bible says all of our days are numbered, so tell him to get out of your life. You don't need his help. He's eroding. He wants to erode your standing and your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he wants you to take what other people say, and he wants to eat away at your victory. He wants to gnaw into your life. He wants to steal your joy because if he can steal your joy, he's also got your strength. And Nehemiah 8.10, he says, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, he says, The joy of the Lord is our strength. I want you to look into your spiritual mirror this morning and ask yourself this question. Do I radiate the joy of Jesus Christ? Do I radiate the joy of Jesus Christ? And that doesn't mean just laughing. You know, well, I've laughed when I've been embarrassed. Somebody's told something, and I've laughed to cover up my embarrassment. I've laughed sometimes because it, it really wasn't funny, but I wanted to tell, make the person uh, especially if I'd heard the joke ten times and it was on a preacher. I went ahead and laughed, and, you know, I, I'm sure it's probably uh, uh, hypocritical to do that, but I acted like it was the first time I'd heard the story. And, and you know, uh, the rodent of our spiritual life is alive forevermore. And the Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy in, in John chapter 10 and verse 10. 
So I want you to remember that. And the changes is the season are the life that we're living. It's so important that you spend time with the Word of God. David said in one of his changing seasons, the psalmist David says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Listen, you can look the wrong direction. Don't look down. When you're going through a season of change in life, when you're going through a, a time of being challenged, don't let the rodent, the enemy, come into your life and spoil you or make you angry or, or cause you to be defeated. Or if he has succeeded, let me tell you, you're not destroyed with that rodent. It's time that you set out some new bait called the Word of God. And it's time that you load that 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 catch that holds that rodent and you catch him with what the word has to say and you begin to quote Isaiah 54 17 no weapon formed against me is going to prosper and every tongue that rises against me in judgment is going to be taken care of and if you're going through discouraging times and the enemy just tries to pour more discouragement on you uh, go to Psalms 119 164 and 165 and why don't you just choke that rodent to death why don't you just decide, I'm going to climb higher in Jesus, and that rodent's not going to follow me because he can only live under a certain altitude. I was reading a, an illustration this week in preparing the message for today, and a man named Frederick Hanley Page was a pioneer aviator, and he was flying in the Middle East one day, and he had one of his best airplanes. He owned several airplanes, but he was flying one of the best airplanes. And during his journey across Arabia, unknown to him, a huge rat had attracted, been attracted by the smell of food that he had put in the cargo, and that rat had managed to get on board his plane. On, on his very next flight, Page heard the sickening sound of a gnawing in his small airplane. He could tell that there was a rodent. He heard his heart began to pound when he visualized the damage that could be done by the mechanisms and the controls that that rodent can chew to, uh, and part in a, in a moment's time. And as he listened to the rodent gnaw, and, and he realized those, it was in an area in that cockpit where it was a very critical time, the control that keeps that plane at a certain altitude, that that control that causes the plane to turn and, and, and make different positions. That rat was bedded in that area of the plane. And the question immediately came to Frederick, what can I do? I'm in a single pilot airplane. Nobody's aboard. I've got, I don't have autopilot. I've got to hang on to the controls. And what can I do in this critical moment? And as he began to ask himself, what can I do? His life was at stake. He knew if the rodent had plenty of time, he could cause that airplane, even though, even though Frederick was a trained pilot, he knew that rodent could cause him to have a plane crash and lose his life. And he remembered something he had learned in school. Rats can't survive in high altitudes. When you go higher in altitudes, rats can't breathe. So he began to climb in his little airplane, and he began to rise higher and higher, listening intently to see if he could still hear the gnawing sound of that rodent that had boarded his plane. The sound finally stopped. And when he arrived at his destination, he found the rat lying dead right behind the cockpit. 
Many of us today have a rat gnawing in our lives, doing everything that that rat can do to destroy or shipwreck our lives. He loves to he loved to shipwreck good people. He loves to destroy marriages of good people. He loved to cause people to get upset with one another. He loves to destroy the unity that's in this church. And 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 the rat. At, at, at times will just gnaw into our lives in an unprepared moment, biting us where it hurts, and having no remorse or any regret. And we all have rats gnawing into our lives. He, he attacks our marital our marriage, trying to destroy the marriage. We have rats of secularism, a world and just devouring us, We're about to cause a spiritual plane crash in, the, in our lives. And, and, and all of these things happen, even to good people. And many times I hear this question, Pastor, why do bad things happen to good people? Because we live in an upside-down world, and there's a rodent called the devil, and he wants to do everything that he can to destroy your life, to destroy your faith. Listen, folks, the Bible says with God, nothing shall be impossible and he that comes to God must believe that he is everyone in this building believes that God is everyone I want you to say with me God is I want you to turn up the your vocal cords this morning because I want the rodent to know that you're a believer God is God is alive. He's well. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And here's what the psalmist David says. When you're at at a level in your life spiritually, and that rodent is attacking you, no matter where he's attacking you, make a quality decision. Remember what you heard in this message this morning. Remember what the Bible says. David says, I'll lift up my eyes. Look at your altitude this morning. We can all grow higher. We can all climb higher in Jesus. I had not seen ear had not heard, neither has it been recorded in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. And I tell you, Jesus says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon rodents and serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing can shipwreck you. Put your hands together. Hallelujah. There's no rodent that's going to live in our life because greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. God knows how to give you the bait to kill the rodent in your life. God knows how to fuel your spirit so that the rodent does not have a chance to destroy your life. And it's found in the B-I-B-L-E. We used to sing the song, the B-I-B-L-E, it's good enough for me. I stand upon the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Listen, you want to grow higher in Jesus? Just get along with the Word of God. You want God to speak to you? Just go to the Word of God. His Word will always be a lamp in your feet. It'll be a light to your pathway. If you're having a sin issue in your life and the enemy's gnawing you, maybe you've walked out of a sinful life into the life of serving Jesus and yet that gnawing is gnawing on you to bring you back to where you began. Let Jesus have the control of your ship this morning. Let him be your pilot. We're not the pilot. We're his co-pilot, and he wants to take you higher than you've ever flown. He wants to make you strong in the Lord and the power of his might, and he just wants you to know that rodent will never get to the control of your life if you, if you will just trust the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 has always been a favor to mine. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge the Lord, and he will direct your path. And as we allow the Lord to direct our path this morning, and as we face the things that we're facing, to everything there's a season. The Bible also relates seasons to our country this morning. And I'd like to spend some time talking to you about America this morning, not about politics. I want to talk to you about what the Bible says to people that were facing the seasons that you and I were facing. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, God speaks to Abram. And he said, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house into a land I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And verse 3 says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you and all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, that was a new season in Abram's life. Talk about the price that God was asking him to sacrifice. He said, I want you to leave your country the surrounding areas where you're very comfortable. And I want you to leave your family. That could have been partially good, partially bad. I don't know what kind of family he had. But he said, I want you to leave your father's house. You know, there's nothing like stopping by, by your dad's house, especially if you know he, what time he's going to eat, especially when you know on Friday night is he, he always prepares or they prepare the best food. It's also always a great feeling to know you can stop by and have a meal at your dad's house listen he said I don't even want you to leave your father's house and I'm going to tell you where to go think about this what would people say today if they saw you haul back up to your front door and you you were loading everything you had in that u-haul and your neighbor says uh are you moving yeah yeah I'm I'm moving well where are you going well, I don't know. You're moving. You're moving. Yeah, I mean, you got a nice house here, and we've tried to be good neighbors to you, and we've we've fed your dog when you've been on vacation. We've, you know, we've we uh, we're, you don't have any idea where you're going. No, I'm just leaving. Well, this was where Abram was when God says, uh, "I'm going to take you to a place that you don't know about," and when you get there. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to make your name great. And you're going to be a blessing to that nation. And then he said, here's what I'm, I'm going to put a hedge of protection around you. So that I'll bless those that bless you and, and, and I'll curse those that curse you. And Jonah, or, or I'm sorry, Abram stepped out. That, 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 that series that Jared preached a few days ago is still glued to my life. I'm telling you, when Jonah stepped out on dry ground, I thought, man, there's nothing like good footing. There's nothing like stepping out. I, I, I've flown in airplanes, and, it, and, and you'd be surprised when you can't see the ground. You can't see the sun or the moon at night, and, and that plane is just giving it this. And you feel the, the floor of that airplane is just, and, and you say to yourself, boy, it will be so good when I can put my feet on solid ground. The uncertainty of not being able to see where you're going, the uncertainty of, of you know, uh, at times your questions come through, your, through, through your, your thought process. What if you don't make it? Well, what if you do? Well, Abram was going through that season when, you know, things just 
just didn't make sense to the normal person. But, but he dealt with that season, and God kept his word. And, and with Jonah, you know, even Jonah, though Jonah got mad at God for answering prayer and saving Nineveh, you know, I'm telling you, Jonah, Jonah went through everything, trying and testing, but he came out on dry ground so he could finish the course. And if life is unshaky, real shaky for you this morning, if it just seems like the airplane you're on is, is in turbulence and your life is just turbulent and you can't, it's even hard for you to get up of a morning and get started again. Listen, God's going to carry you through this season. He's going to let your feet be on solid ground again. And just in due season, and you may say, well, how long is that due season? I don't know, but God does. And he said, there's no temptation, but such is common demand. But with every temptation, I'll make a way of escape. So our, our, our work is to trust the Lord. He's going to carry us through. He promised he'd never leave us nor forsake us. He promised that he'd go with us, and he'd always be there day and night. And as Jared shared that series of messages on Jonah, how God had spoke to him to go to Nineveh, a great city, and warned them about the season that, that was not pleasing to God. And that season of wickedness, the season that, that, uh, that God gave Jonah the message was, was for, I'm giving you 40 days to get it right. Well, you know, I've been thinking about America, and, and nobody knows the day nor the hour. But never before have I seen the season of America like it is today. And uh, I don't know whether you get these calls or not. I don't get them anymore, but I used to get this call, and they said, uh, uh, Mr. White, how are you doing today? And I said, fine, fine. Well, we're with the Republican Party, and uh, we're running short on funds, and we just wonder if you'd like to donate. We see where, uh, well, it's been a few years since I saw the light, but... Uh, uh, they would tell me the last contribution I made, and I said, and, and here's what I, you know, I, I, and I'm not bragging. This is probably not a real spiritual uh, response, but, uh, but, you know, there's nothing like unloading without swearing, you know. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, just, it's just something about when you hang the receiver up, you know, you got your message across. And uh, when they ask for a contribution, well, well here's, here's what I, sa- I, I said to them. You know, we elected politicians to go to Washington and straighten out the mess that they got us into and they're getting a salary and they're getting paid for what they're doing and they got our they got us as taxpayers in this mess we didn't get ourselves in this mess we voted them them in to get us out of this mess and now you're asking us to give more than what we're paying in a salary I, I, I'll just tell you I'm up front uh, I'm not interested and you know what well thank you Mr. White and it clicks and, you know, it's been a long time. I can't figure out, but they don't make calls to our house much anymore. That rodent hasn't called in a long time. I'm not here to talk about politics this morning. I'm talking about the seasons that America is going through. I want you to, I want you to look today, and I want you to think about the generation that's coming on, that's coming out of college. I, I never saw uh, people uh, act like they act that are smart people, well-educated people. We're living in a season when where America has just totally lost their gratitude. And, and America is one of the best places there is to live. You, we came to church. We made our own decision where we were going to worship this morning. And we came to the church of our choice, and we've had the privilege of worshiping the Lord like, like we want to worship. You know, I mean, it, it's the greatest place, and yet it has its share of problems. 
And as I was listening to David Jeremiah in his, in his series, Is This the End? I thought about all the times through the Bible when it looked like the end was very near. And God had a message just like he gave to Jonah when Jonah went to Nineveh. And he said, 40 days and it's over if you don't repent. And as I was thinking about this, I, th- I, th- I thought, well, Lord, there's, help, there's hope for America, even though America is going through a season like we've never seen before. And uh, this is, this, I believe we're looking at a, at a time in America like Jonah was looking at when he saw Nineveh. What they needed was a revival. And revival is the key to every situation. The only hope for America today is not a change in politics. Politics has proven that it, that it is not working. But the only hope that we have is for God to allow revival to spring in, up in our hearts. And I, for years, I used to think, you know, revival starts in the pew. And one day, the Holy Spirit ministered to me, and he spoke these words. Revival doesn't begin in the, in the, in the pew. It begins in the pulpit. And, and the leadership has to be ignited. And, and then I began to ask the Lord, would you ignite the things that are ignitable in my life? And the things that are not ignitable in my life, would you uh, reach into my life and take them out so that my life can be a, a shining light like a fire in the darkest moment? And we're facing the, one of the critical, most critical moments in our life when, when things are just out of control, except for one thing. God's Word is not out of control. And the Bible says, Forever, O Lord, your Word is settled in heaven. And listen, America is not paying any attention to what the Word has to say as far as the secular world is concerned. But the church is, and I can tell you, God can change things in the twinkling of an eye only as we ask Him, Lord, send a revival one more time. Send a revival. Let it begin in my life. Revive me so that others can see that what you can do through our lives as we put our trust in you. And, and 2 Chronicles 7 and 14 uh, gives us the strength for this season that we're living in. The, the, strength, the, se- the season we, we live in is very discouraging. And I, I am so glad that the leadership of America today has made friends one more time with Israel. That's a good move. That's a good move. And America this morning is moving into an area where I believe God can reach down and and do some things in our lives because there's a new season. And I believe God's saying to uh, you and I this morning uh, the same thing that he said to Solomon by night when he appeared to him. He said, Solomon, I've heard your prayer. I've chosen this place for myself, uh, a house of sacrifice. When I shut up heaven, there's no rain. Or when I command the locusts to devour the land and send pestilence among the people. Here is what he said I will do. If my people, talking about you and I, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, here is his response. Then will I hear from heaven, then will I forgive their sins, and then I will heal their land. America is in a sick position this morning. Never before have we heard such horrible language. Never before have we saw such horrible things happening. But listen to me. I gave you Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Here's what uh, verse fifteen says. Now my eyes will be open, 
and my ears attentive to the prayers that are made in this place. Here's what he's saying. If my people, Christian people, will begin to pray. You may say, Pastor, I, I, I do pray. If we'll just turn up the volume, if we'll just, 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 just like we've never done before, shut out the world as we pray. Shut out the thought process and say, Lord, I, I'm just spending time with you. America is in trouble, and I want, I want some way, somehow, I want you to intervene even though we realize we're close to the end. Here's what the Bible says. Jesus spoke, or the Bible speaks these words, in the last days I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Here's what we're going to see. Before the trumpet sounds, well, I believe we're going to see a mighty revival. And it's going to sweep the country like a prairie fire. And the church has always done better in bad times than it does in good times. And we're living in peerless times today. We're not living in the last days. We're living in the last of the last days. And here's what I, here's what I see. God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is going to use your life to ignite fires in other people's life. And when people are discouraged, you're going to know how to encourage them. Or when somebody's air conditioner is broke, broken and you see where you can step into their life and, and make things better for them, you're going to do it. Not because of you, it'll make you feel better. It, it'll be because you want to be more like Jesus. And this is what Jesus did for all of us. He stepped into our life when nothing was working. It wasn't just an AC problem. It was an everything problem. And he stepped into our life. Old things passed away. Behold, all things became new. And this is what Jesus wants to do with the church. This is the only tool that he has to use to change the world. And here's what's going to happen. In the last days, he's going to pour out his spirit. We're going to see signs and wonders like we've never seen before. We're going to see things happen in the financial world like we've never seen before. The Bible says the wealth of the wicked has been laid up for the righteous. We're, we're, seeing, we're seeing a wealth transfer already. We've, we saw some things in our church this year like we have never seen financially. And I want to say this. If you people weren't tithers and if you weren't givers, we couldn't have an awesome youth pastor like we have. We couldn't have somebody that's penetrating the power of darkness with our young people in this community like taking place. Listen to me. There's a move of God that's taking place in the life of young people in sealing America today. And thank God there's a church that's willing to say, I'm going to give. I'm going to be a part of this financial giving so that we can use this church to change this community and make it a better community so it'll get the attention of the world, so they'll recognize it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. God is using this time. He's using, he's using you. He's using, he's using things that, that, that is causing things to uh, be encouraging to the leadership of many churches because they're submitting themselves to the plan of God. Listen, the most important thing we can all do is come to this point. I'm going to submit my life to you, Lord, and whatever you want me to do, I'm here. He's not asking you to go to Africa. The greatest fear that I had when the Lord was calling me to the ministry is, oh, God, I hate cobra snakes. Oh, yes, I can see Africa or Afghanistan where they really grow those big snakes. You know, and all that was was the, it, it, was, it was just the enemy trying to keep me out of God's plan. It was a rodent. And listen, when, when you submit yourself to the Lord, you're going to have rodents. Let me just prepare you. But the greatest bait you can have is the Word of God. 
If you haven't become a part of the, the study of, of the Word, Jared is putting out a, a printout for each day. Uh, out in the four-year, you'll find the, the, for the month of July. I want to encourage you, pick one of those up, and each day just take the time to read that chapter and, and check it off, and you're going to find yourself becoming stronger in the Lord. You're going to find that your spirit is being strengthened through the Word of God. You're going to find some things that the Word says that you really need for that day. And, and what it happens, it gives us an appetite to spend more time with the Lord, and when you're spending time with the, in the Bible, you're spending more time with the Lord. As we close this morning, I think about the words back in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. When, the, when, when, when God just totally destroyed the earth with a flood, the Lord saw that the wickedness of the country, man's, man's life was wicked. Nothing but wickedness ruled the, the, the life of, here on earth until God says enough is enough, and he destroyed the earth with a flood. God today knows how to handle things. He handled them in Bible days. He's handling things today. And, and we're reminded that in the last days that he's, he's still in charge. He's still in charge. He still uses people. He still knows who he can use. And even though we saw a deterioration of some things in, in, our, in our society, the moral failures that are, 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 are prevalent today, and, and, and the minds of the lives of people in our leadership have just been so infected with anger and bitterness. Nobody, you know, I, I, I've, just, I've, I've just been thinking about this. If we would wake up in the morning and there was unity in the House and in the Senate, they could do more in a week than they did in six or eight months. You know why? Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's unity. There's unity. And you know what? What we, what, we, what we need to pray for is, God, bring the hearts and lives of, of our leaders in unity. And with God, nothing is impossible. When you pray, just believe God is going to do that. And, you know, uh, I'm sure they're never going to call me, but uh, I, I could, I, I'd really like to help them out on this, uh, on this uh, medical insurance. Uh, and I really have the answer. And if you know anybody in politics that would listen to you, uh, you give them my name and see if they'll let me talk to them. If they would put every political leader on the same insurance policy that you and I have to have, we'd have the greatest, we'd have the greatest insurance policy in 24 hours that we've ever had. I'm, 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 just, I'm just giving you food for thought. And I know I'm not going to get the call. But, you know, you, I, I know you also process thoughts about politics. You also process the thoughts about your own life. What is life? It's made up of many seasons. But, but the Bible says it's like a vapor. It's here today and gone tomorrow. And this was said in our Sunday school class, and I'd like to say it to you this morning uh, because many weren't in our Sunday cl school class. I don't want my grandkids to grow up in the world that, where it's going today. I, 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 I'm just ready. I, I, want, I want the trumpet to sound, and I want my family to be ready to go. And you know what? Things are pointing to that very event. One day there's going to be a sound of, of a trumpet. First Thessalonians chapter 14. There'll be a sound of a trumpet. 
and, and the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Then we which are alive and remain will be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Listen to me. No matter how bad it gets, number one, God knows what's going on. Number two, no matter what season you're in today, God can change everything. Number three, no matter how critical America action may may uh, be today, and no matter the stance they may have taken, God knows how to handle it. And he said in the Old Testament, my ways are not your ways, neither are your thoughts my thoughts, but as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your and my thoughts and your thoughts. Can I say this? God knows what season you're in today. No matter what season it is, he's a way maker. And he said, I'll make a way where there seems to be no way. Would you bow your head with me this morning? Lord, I thank you today for the opportunity you give us. Every day you give us an opportunity. No matter what comes our way, you give us an opportunity to say, thank you, Jesus. Every day you give us an opportunity, Lord, even to bow our head before we eat our meal and say, thank you, Jesus. Before we cushion our head on the pillow at night, no matter what we've been through, we have the privilege of saying, Lord, you've carried me through the storm. You've carried me through this season. And I want to I I say thank you, Lord. Your grace is sufficient. It's made perfect in our weakest hour. In testing times, Lord, in times when we don't have the answer, Lord, we can still say, Lord, I thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And you do have the answer. And so until you let revelation knowledge flow through my life, uh, what my next move may be, you said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. So I release the Holy Spirit in the closing moments of this life, in, of this service. No matter what the season may be, Lord, I pray, let the door open to the, our lives. And may this, this be an opportunity to acknowledge you. And you said in all of our ways, if we'd acknowledge you, you would direct our path. And I believe you're here this morning and you're speaking today to all of us. There's some direction I want to give you. There's some strength for the next step I want to give you. And I want the anointing of the Holy Spirit to give you strength and the power to move from where you're at to where I want you to be so we can see a revival sweep across northwest Oklahoma. Lord, let it begin in my life. Lord, let the fire of revival begin here, now, not next month, but today in my own life so that in the closing pages of time, Lord, we'll see the hand of God move mightily and we'll know today that you're the way you're the one who makes a way. You're the one today who's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. We give all the praise to you in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's family said, Amen.